Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to This Little Light, a podcast about falling in love with music, hosted by me, Flea, and produced by Cadence 13 and Parallel. In this episode of This Little Light, I'll be speaking with the great Corey Henry. I'm trying to give people the soul, you know? I'm trying to give people the message. I'm trying to, like, connect with people on a deeper level. So, yeah, that's at the forefront of everything right now. Music making, even when I'm hanging, you know, it's like I don't really differentiate the lifestyle from the music anymore. Singer, songwriter, pianist, organist, synthesist, and record producer. He is funky as hell, Corey Henry. And, you know, he's played with so many people. He just played on my new Chili Pepper record. He's played with Rosalia. He's played with so many people, Snarky Puppy. I met Corey through, I just found him on the internet one time. I had just came across this video of him playing organ at a church service. And it was so shockingly beautiful and psychedelic and wild that it just touched my heart. And then I began to learn more about him. And he's an amazing guy. What a musician. In this conversation with Corey, we speak about him growing up in New York with his family's deep roots in the church and how at a very young age he started playing organ in church and just took to it and how he learned to truly connect with people in a spiritual way and as an entertainer about what touched their hearts, about what got them excited and how that connection, that feeling that spirituality has infused everything he's ever done. Really fascinating. Once again, everybody's journey is so interesting as a musician. And this is Corey Henry's. This is little lady Lingus. She goes everywhere with me. Yes, my, she little, does. my little bundle of joy. I got her during the pandemic. I was on Instagram. I follow about 10. Not probably 10 to dozen dog accounts, to be honest, a lot at this point. But um, I was into this breed of dog. And um, I remember one Sunday morning, and this video came up, and uh, she looked right in the camera, specific. I was like, she's looking right in my life, right in my life. <laughs> I called the guy who had her, and uh, he happened to be right around the corner from my uncle, <laughs> literally. So I called my uncle, I said, can you check him out? <laughs> and my uncle was like, nah, she's legit. And I got her, like, the next week. I flew to New York and, and picked her up. And uh, <laughs> She's legit. You know, she goes everywhere with me. You yeah. know, she's been on tour. We just came off a tour, you know. <laughs> we played. Uh, the hotels are cool. Hotels been cool. Yeah. Planes? Um, planes are cool. She goes right under the seat with me. Or sits like this sometimes. Like yeah. I can hold her sometimes. Um, my, the first show of the American <laughs> run, she sat in front of the organ the entire time. <laughs> just watching but like awesome. the most she's the most chill dog ever she's a blessing yeah. and she's a star she has an Instagram page <laughs> so if you care to like follow her journey please go follow her at Lady Lingus Lady Lingus on Instagram absolutely <laughs> I follow her so I'm here today with Corey Henry 
for those of you that don't know, you know, I just met Corey a short while ago. Over the last few months, we met. Really blown away by the depth of his connection to music. So we're here today. It makes me happy. You know, Corey, as you know, you know, this is the music school. I started it like over just 20 years ago. And I'm just curious to like, you know, think for kids, like they're like, how can I get to this point? How can I establish myself as a musician? I mean, not like as a career, but just like the connection to music that you have. And so I sort of kind of went on and talk about like that, like your education. Everyone has such a different way, you know, to learn and to figure out how to play and connect with other people musically and stuff. And just curious about with you, like what were your first connections with music and what inspired you and what got you going? Yeah. First off, thanks for having me here. I really, oh, really dude. appreciate you Thank know, you. being here. Yeah. Yeah. I first started playing when I was two years old. Two. Yeah. <laughs> My mother was a choir director and mm. lead musician at the church that I grew up in, mm -hmm. in uh, Brooklyn, New York, called Unity Temple. Mm. She also played several instruments. She played saxophone, drums, wow. keyboards. What's her name? Marie Henry. Marie Henry. Yeah. She was getting ready for a rehearsal while she was working out the parts to a song. I had mm -hmm. up until two years of age, I was kind of like bat patting on her legs and, you know, uh -huh. getting on my family's nerves by yeah. trying to discover rhythm, you know, yeah. on everybody. But apparently she was getting ready for this rehearsal. And then um, I played some notes behind her. Like sitting at the, at the organ. At the organ. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. From there, she showed me my first song uh -huh. at probably the age of three, which was Amazing Grace. Uh-huh. I had an opportunity to play Amazing Grace on a youth Sunday, which was like fifth Sundays. And you know, it was only a handful of fifth Sundays in the year. So I had a chance to do that for about a year or so. And then it transitioned from me doing that to playing, you know, twice a month. And then I became a full-time musician at my church around five years of age. Whoa. Five or six. At five, you were steady gigging. Steady gigging. <laughs> <laughs> learning the choir songs. And, right. You know, learning the hymns and stuff like right. that. And, um... What a blessing, man. Yes, absolutely. It, yeah. was like, it was like going to college or something like that. Yeah. You know, it was so much information I learned yeah. in those first few years. And I mean, all of my church years when I played in church, it, just, it was like learning the, the jazz real book or something like that, you yeah. know, that kind of level. And it, there was all sorts of people in my life who influenced those early stages, other organists. The church I grew up was an older church. They didn't really like to mix the music, you know, like we wasn't really allowed to play jazz in church and do mm. all that stuff like that. But um, my mother and my father listened to, you know, Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder and all this stuff on Friday and Saturday, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was, you know, trying to throw those influences, you know, yeah. at an early age. So you were hearing it all. I was hearing it all. Yeah, yeah, I was hearing it all. And around the age of 13 or 14, I got into high school and started playing a high school jazz band and uh -huh. junior high school jazz band, learning uh -huh. Thelonious Monk songs. And, yeah. you know, and then I was really interested when I got into Oscar Peterson because Oscar Peterson really showed me, um, you can play like those jazz chops like in church, I heard one song, I heard him play the A-Train one time and I was like, yeah. I think I can work that out in love. Love lifted me. <laughs> yeah. And one time I did one of those licks and one of the mothers was like, Hallelujah. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> I was like, Well, I didn't know you were like that. Like, right. you know, and just from there on, I just kind of, you yeah. know, trying to keep finding my sound as an organist, especially yeah. playing in that medium because that's all I was playing until yeah. I was 15 or 16. And then I started getting to uh, this club called the Village Underground. They was having every Sunday night was a soul open mic gospel night kind of vibe mm. they did the top 40 stuff and mm. i learned a lot of songs there and um and then the career started from there right. so it started so working it started working from there right. yeah about 16 17 years old so 
When you think about music inside yourself, like I always feel like as a musician, musicians want to honor the soul of the composer, of the musicians that came before them. Mm -hmm. And for you, your mom, you know, being a musician and exposing you to so much music, do you feel like every time you sit down, you're honoring her and honoring the things that she showed you when you were little? And do you go back to that time? Is it kind of like a tree inside of you of who you are? Do you feel like? Yes, actually, I do. Especially when I'm playing certain types of music. Yeah. During the course of this pandemic, every Sunday I was doing these revival shows. I released a record called The Revival a few years ago, but Mm. The Revival is just like spirit music, you know? And sometimes it's centered around like my early days of church music. And I I stopped playing the church a while ago, but during the pandemic, me and uh, my boy Lockett was, you know, we would come to my room in my house and throw these old songs up from the the 80s that we love. And it was like, for the first time since I was a kid, I was feeling that like, oh man, I'm playing exactly what like how my mother told me to play this song. Yeah. And it brought so many emotions, like, you know, tears of joy, just like this still works type yeah. of thing. And um, I'm just happy to have that upbringing, you yeah. know, just to have that opportunity to see like what music can do, how it helps and how yeah. it can heal. And even in my, like my own, cause some, most of the time I'd be playing music or we play music for people, you know, on, on you know, at work or whatever cases on tour. But, uh, it was nothing like, especially during this pandemic, like going through some of our old memories and songs and stuff like that and yeah. letting the music heal me, <laughs> yeah. bless me in a certain type of way. So yeah, I'm really, really thankful for the upbringing. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, I'm thankful for my own. Yeah, I'm thankful yeah. for you, for yours. Yeah, and yeah, for, you got to share your light with the world. hmm because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, because I had, you know, different experiences, but I had a stepdad when I was young who was a jazz musician. He came into my life when I was like seven years old, eight years old, and he would get together with these guys and play bebop in the living room, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. play straight ahead jazz. And mm-hmm. I had before that lived in like a kind of a musicless household. You know what I mean? Like my real dad was a businessman and, you know, you know, there wasn't none of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? My mom was trying to like wear a dashiki and take off to a jazz festival and stuff. Wow. And he was just like, fuck that. <laughs> I know I shouldn't curse in the, wow. but you know, but then she went and like ran off and married a jazz musician. So oh, wow. that's where she was at. But when I, when I was older, I, it just like struck me so heavily. Mm. You know what I mean? That it was possible that people could do that. Mm. But you were already there when you were two. Like, it was just like, must have been like breathing for you. It literally was. Like, yeah. It literally was. Do you have like those, like you're talking about those, like the real early days, like two, three, four, five years old, you're like on the gig every weekend? Or, on the gig. You know what I mean? Like, do you have real cognizant memories of like how the keys felt under your fingers when you were that little and how this chord was shaped and why it led into another chord, like why they went next to each other and resolved and built tension and did all those things? Yeah, I didn't really think about chords as much. I just mm. like played them. Mm. But the thing that really grabbed my attention about music and especially starting on the organ mm-hmm. was the draw bars. Mm. You know, I used to spend so much time just going, Right. You know, just changing up the sounds in the middle. And uh, I remember my mother, you know, she'd be like, all right, stop it. Chill. Yeah. You know, I'm changing the sound a little bit too much. Yeah. But I was just so, like, amazed at the sounds I can get out of the organ, you know, from the bass to, yeah. you know, every tone, you know, to the top and the um, the stops on the side. And I was just so amazed. I used to sit at the edge of the seat because I was short. Yeah. And I remember, like, trying to play the pedals with my toes, you know, yeah, like, yeah. as I balanced myself with one yeah. hand. <laughs> and there's a few other memories. Like, uh, I remember when my mother took me to Memphis, there was, uh, like, the oh, church yeah. convocation where they'd have it at the big 
arena or whatever. And, yeah. and, and um, the head bishop brought the organ down just so that I can play in front of like thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. I remember stuff like that, you know. I also remember being in school, getting on everybody's nerves because I would take two pencils and every class would just nonstop, <laughs> you know, just yeah, like yeah. all the time. So yeah. like those types of things, you know, still stick with me, you know. We're going to take a quick break. When we're back, Corey talks about buying his first record at the Virgin Megastore, RIP, and discovering new music on long subway rides to school. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And did you, when you were going to school and playing in a school band or, like you said later on, like learning jazz and stuff like Monk, which is such sophisticated music, you know, Mm -hmm. not that gospel music isn't sophisticated music, Mm -hmm. but different. It's different, right? Do you feel like it was just like a natural, organic growth of what you were already doing? Or was it like, did you have to get academic about it? You know what I mean? Like sit down and like study theory. No, I treated it just like church. Mm. You know, like. I remember when I got into jazz studies in junior high school, and especially mm-hmm. high school, I started learning all these songs, Autumn Leaves, Someday My Prince Will Come, and stuff like that, all the jazz stuff. Yeah. And it reminded me just of, like, learning the church hymns. Right. It was certain chord progressions that I was like, oh, I was doing that, you know, right. Sunday morning, like, Love Lifted Me or another yeah. hymn. And I was like, this hymn sounds like this hymn, you know? Right. So once I started being able to make that correlation of... yeah songs and chord changes in that way, it became like, oh, everything is the same. Everything's a gospel. Everything is church, you know? And and it wasn't until a little bit later where I got the actual language in terms of like how to improv over Mm. those songs. Because sometimes like I would learn a song and then I would play like church chops, Mm -hmm. you know, like over someday my prince would come, I'd play like church lines, lead lines and stuff like that. Because I didn't really know the lingo, but I was at least learning the song enough to kind of be at a jam session and, you know, play with other musicians, stuff like that. So, So for the most part, I just treated it just like I treated church as soon as I found out how close, you know, the chord changes were to a lot of those songs. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Is music still, like, it seems like growing up playing in the church, that it's got to always be like that for you, like, so intrinsic to spirituality and church and that sense of community and communicating to people to literally share a light. Because I think a lot of musicians don't really have that, you know what I mean? They're like, I'm going to be a badass, or I'm going to be great, or I'm going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to do all this, or or I'm going to make money, or I'm going to be successful, all these things. Mm -hmm. But, like, from a young age being rooted, like, this is something you do to bring people together Literally. and to build bridges of love between other human beings. Literally. That's what it's for. And I think a lot of musicians miss out on that idea. And I feel that from you, that that's, you know. That's all I know. The power of music I learned from church. Yeah. Sitting in church, watching the preacher do his thing, and I'm on the organ, and then seeing how I'm complimenting the preacher, what he's doing, and then seeing what I do literally make people get up, you know, like I could play a yeah. chord, you know, like we'd be in A flat. That's like a real churchy key. Yeah. You know, like, like we'd be in A flat and you could play a dominant seven chord or something like that. And the church goes, Whoa, or a diminished chord. <laughs> <and> go, ah! 
<laughs> and I was like, I was five, six, seven years old. I didn't, I didn't understand exactly why they was doing it. Yeah. But it, I got so much joy out of going, dun, dun. then they'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like my whole life has been like predicated on that moment. Yeah. And now when I'm on tour, no matter where I am, across the entire world, literally. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps when I say that because yeah. I, I think about that. Yeah. You know, like I'm not really up there. Of course, I want to do my thing and I'm going to do my thing and da 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 But like the premise, the basis of almost every time I play is literally those types of moments because yeah. it brings people together. Totally. You know, like people who don't speak my speak the same language as us, you know, yeah. are vibing through something that I've learned when I was a young kid. And, and yeah. I... I try to replicate that every time, no matter where I am, yeah. no matter what I'm doing, whether it's music for me or music for you. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm trying to bring the spirit. I'm trying to bring the soul. Yeah. You know, just having that that feeling like laying down to bed at night. And it's like, well, I gave to people. I gave to people. I gave soul to people music. the best I could. Honest. And channel like I'm here to channel the spirit to share it with other people. Absolutely. And that's, uh, to me, that's like kind of the highest calling you can have. Mm -hmm. I mean, anything. And I think, you know, a plumber could have it or a lawyer could have it or a garbage man could have yeah. it. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. like, I'm gonna do whatever my mission is in this life and I'm gonna do it in a way that helps people yeah. to be happier. Yeah, that's what it's about. And be kinder. It is better. about that. Yeah. It is about that. I'm learning that more now. Yeah. You know, like the power and how it helps inspire people. Yeah. The music, how it inspires people to want to live better or you know yeah. change your life or you know because it's happened to me like first time i heard stevie wonder i was like my lord like yeah. this is like touching me i was crying yeah. as a kid like like i want to do and be yeah. like this guy yeah you know what i'm saying and i remember like for me when i was a kid like and i was a wild kid like i i didn't i had a polar opposite bringing mm. like i was mm. in the street and on drugs and from a very young age just mm. running around doing dumb crimes like i was a mess but i remember like putting in like certain memories and you know, making me think of when you're talking, like I remember putting on Stevie mm. and hearing that song lately mm -hmm. on Hotter Than July mm -hmm. and just like sitting there listening and just sobbing and just being like feeling so connected that here's a guy that doesn't have vision and he's seeing so deeply, mm -hmm. you know, into the human condition and just feeling like being seen. Mm -hmm. The fact that he's seeing himself I feel like he's seeing me. Yes. And through that, then it makes me see like, whoa, we are connected. We are one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that feeling is, uh, you know, is so great. And I, I also remember like, because I didn't, sometimes I didn't even know what was driving me. Like I started playing in punk rock bands and stuff and I didn't, you know, my music education was so, I loved jazz and stuff that I heard when I was a kid, but I didn't know how to play it. You know what I mean? I was running around, but I remember like when I started playing in my band, you know, it's getting successful and stuff and like, being on stage and playing and like looking out and seeing people's eyes like light up, mm -hmm. like doing something and, not, and just knowing that, not even really knowing why, but like, this is good. Yeah. Like, wait, this isn't just about me rocking with my buddies mm -hmm. and getting a paycheck and maybe getting laid or whatever. Like this is, this is a higher purpose and I got to like roll with this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. there's like, there's light is happening. Yeah. You know, light is being shared and you know, you're like, you had that at a young age, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Was, and, yeah. And, and so, when you were growing up and you got into, you know, later years, what about like youth culture music, like popular music, like, you know, hip hop and mm -hmm. rock music and mm -hmm. stuff that young people are listening to and getting into? How did that affect you? Like, how did you relate to pop music? Oh, I was, I was in it all. You never like put like, oh, well, it's good, but this was up here and this is down there. Nah, nah. I remember going to, you know, being in high school, I remember going to Virgin Music Store. Shout out to Virgin Music Store. 
It's not there. I miss it. I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> you already know. It's like, yeah. Uh, I went and brought an Art Tatum record, and I was listening to Art Tatum on my way to school. Mm. And then, like, you know, halfway, I, I was going to Lincoln and Coney Island, which was like 45 minutes away from my house or so. And I would, like, listen to Art Tatum for 20 minutes. And then turn on a Jay-Z Blueprint album. Yeah. And then listen to Jay-Z for 20 minutes, the last 20 minutes, you know. And it was all just music. It was just all just music. It was fun being in school and being able to, like, recite certain lyrics with your friends and, like, know what's happening. So I I made a a conscious effort to, you know, I didn't know I was doing that then, but, you know, to just, you know, just get a lot of music. You know, I was listening to a lot of hip-hop back in the day. and, And, again, to this day, still so much 70 soul. Yeah, yeah. So much Sly and so yeah, much yeah. Marvin Gaye and Stevie Wonder. My father used to love Sade, uh-huh. you know, and Earth, Wind & Fire. I live, like, for me, like, I always loved Earth, Wind & Fire because they were just a band that connected to everybody. Everybody. They were just for everybody. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is, you know, very difficult to do yeah. in a segregated music industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, totally. like, well, this demographic is for this and that, you know. Totally. So I was getting it all. I was trying to keep up with it all and then when it came out of jazz, it was just like, that was just taking yeah. over my world. As a teenager, that just took over my world. I was just like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. So yeah, I was, you know, just trying to put it all together. Yeah. So cool. You're a rare musician that is able to do that in a way, and especially in today's culture, that you're able to, you know, play really sophisticated music. And clearly you can play anything you want, but you're also functioning in a modern world, connecting with people in all kinds of ways, whether, you know, it's through social media or through just touring, people dancing and, mm-hmm. and connecting with people in all these ways. Like, how was that for you? Like, I know for me, like, it was like a conscious thing. I was like, I don't want to be on social media. Like, I don't want to play a game. I don't need to share my life with people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then at a certain point, like, I was like, it was actually like when I put my book out and they were like publishing, I was like, look, if you, you're going to, people are going to know your book's out if you get on this thing. Yeah. How was that for you, like, the way that that functions in your world? At first, it was fun. Yeah. At first, first it, was a, it was fun. It was a game. It yeah. was like, whoa. You know, when I first got on YouTube, I was uh, 18 or so, I was 19, yeah. and uh, I had no clue what was happening. Yeah. I actually, I feel like my first video somebody else put up of me. Yeah. You know, and it did its thing. And I had no clue that, you know, the power of social media was that powerful. That's how I discovered you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And um and uh I remember, you know, signing up for Facebook. I remember signing up for Instagram. I actually remember telling a lot of my friends, like, yo, y'all need to be on Instagram. And I was just like, it was a game, you know? Um, but then it turned into work. <laughs> yeah. And then once it became work, I was like, Ugh. Yeah, like I have to do this in order to keep my followers yeah they might be dwindling if i don't you know yeah i thought about that a lot and i think that um it didn't change the music so much but it definitely changed my perception on how i was going about going about things for a little bit when i was first started touring and yeah you know trying to share but now it's kind of just like it's kind of leveled off <laughs> it's kind of just been like all right it, it works itself i'm happy i don't have to like think that hard even though i'm told constantly that i need to create content and you know and yeah. and stay in people's faces in a certain type of way. I don't really think about that anymore, you know? Even when it comes down to, like, creating albums and and Mm. records, you know, a lot of my friends, we talk about how people's um, attention spans are shorter because of social media and all these things. And, Mm. you know, there's more focus on singles and EPs, you know? But I'm like Prince. I'm like, you know, albums still matter, you know? Like, I still want to put out 11, 12-song albums, you know, albums. I also feel like young people 
because maybe their t- attention spans are sp- shorter and maybe they're looking for all these quick little like brain fixes on their, on their phone, mm. but they also get underestimated. Yeah. Like there's all these really smart kids that because things are coming such little small bites, because everyone's like, well, just give them this quick little thing because their attention spans, they're yearning to connect with something deep and see a real story unfold in an album. Yeah. And like when they get it, yeah, you might not sell 10 zillion like whoever someone's single is, you know, but you're going to touch people profoundly and it's going to last forever. Last forever. And those people that connect with you that way mm-hmm. will be with you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And they will keep building. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like they want real. Yeah. They want soul. They yeah. want to feel your tears. They want to feel your joy. They want to feel your hopes. Yeah. You know, and having the ability to express that is a lifetime mission, right? I agree. I totally agree with that because that's where my life has pulled itself to. Yeah. You know, it's like, like I'm trying to get people to soul. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to give people a message. You know, yeah. I'm trying to like connect with people on a deeper, on a yeah. deeper level. So yeah, yeah, that's at the forefront of everything right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Music making. You know, even even when I'm hanging, you know, it's like I don't really differentiate the lifestyle from the music anymore. After the final break, Corey talks about playing for love rather than money, including his time in Snarky Puppy, spent cruising around with 17 bandmates in a 15 seater van and sleeping four to a hotel room. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, it's kind of a dream, man, to get to, one, just have a, make a living playing music and not right. have to have another job. Right. How about that? And <laughs> How about that? Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and two, like, living a life that you're able to have the time to play and do your thing. Like, I know, for, like, for myself, sometimes, like, I get caught up in doing so much shit. I'll be like, well, I'm doing all this stuff today. I got to do this, 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 and that. Oh, damn, I didn't practice. Mm. I didn't pick up my bass today. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then I kind of get to like acting and other stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't pick up my bass in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to get better that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, look at Thundercat. <laughs> <laughs> he played all the bass every day. <laughs> all the bass yeah, every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's um, having that time, like the, being afforded the just time to play and the solitude. And I know, like, as a musician, like, I think musicians treasure their solitude. Mm-hmm. Like, the time to just be alone and to play mm-hmm. and to... And, like, imagine, like, you know, I always hear about people, like, being bored. Mm-hmm. Like, how you doing? Oh, I'm bored. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I've, I, like, I've been in pain. Mm-hmm. I've been happy. I've been miserable. Mm-hmm. And, like, anxiety-ridden wreck. Terrified, but I've never been bored. Mm-hmm. Is that... I, I imagine that maybe you're kind of like that, too. Is that... Or no? I don't think I deal with boredom as much yeah. Yeah. it's always something to do always figure something out or yeah. i'm ready to turn on a record that i you know never heard or something that yeah. i've never really checked out and try to transcribe it or just be inspired by it so like yeah you're right i don't think i deal with boredom as much yeah. deal with other things though but yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, not, yeah yeah i'm not saying it's not that i'm dealing with pain yeah 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 but when i hear people talk about being bored i'm like bored yeah 
Like, like how? Overwhelmed, maybe, but not bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a feeling I, I get often. Yeah. I've definitely been stuck. <laughs> I've definitely had my moments where, you know, I'm sitting at the piano. Even as of as a recently, I could sit at the piano and I don't feel like chords have come out. Normally when that happens, I go and like turn on 2K <laughs> and go play the video game for a few hours or something like that or watch a movie or try to get away from it. Because normally if I'm pounding at it, depending on how long I'm trying to pound and figure something out, whatever blockage is trying to make a song, I normally try to get away from it and spend some time away. Mm. And then normally when I'm coming back, I have a different outlook, yeah, or, you know, a viewpoint that can inspire the song to go a, a, a different way. Yeah. And then there's some times where I just, you know, stay at it and just say, I'm not leaving until I feel like it's done. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just, yeah. just going to sit here and figure this out. Like, I'll try to transcribe a, you know, a, a chick, chickoria line, you know, yeah. I, at one point this er, early this year, I was working on this thing and I was trying to get this line and it took me, I mean, an hour or more. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'm not leaving the studio until, until I, I get this. Until I get <laughs> this. I you know? Yeah, so I think yeah, that's, that's a part of it. Damn, my, my patience squished in. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I feel like, like I know like people that I really admire, like you know, Duke Ellington or Igor Stravinsky. Mm. Like these guys, I, I hear about them saying, like, I'm a composer. Mm. And every day I sit and I compose. And I have days when I feel like I'm like, Tapping the divine source, and I have days where I'm just dry and there's nothing. Mm. But every day I get dressed, yeah, I'm my suit, yeah, I sit and I compose, yeah. And and he goes and and, and they go like how I feel in the moment isn't the truth, mm. or isn't all like I'll look back at a day that was like I had nothing that day, and I'll mm. look back and there's the, either the seed of the idea mm-hmm. or an idea that was better than the day when I thought was I was like channeling the gods. I'm mm-hmm. just in a good mood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you know, sometimes you'll sit down and be like, Man, this is cool, but I played this before. Yeah. I played it a hundred million fucking times yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. How am I going to get, like, yeah. when am I going to grow? Yeah. <laughs> but you feel it just because it's your language that yeah. you've learned and you've done it before doesn't mean that you're not expressing where you're at in that moment. Yeah. And, like, I just sometimes I feel like in the yearning to be great, it's mm-hmm. you get frustrated because you feel like you're not getting to where you want to be. Yeah. But in that yearning is the greatness. And know? sometimes when, when you're in practice mode or songwriting mode, it's like, I, at least I think about trying to like impress myself. Yeah. You know, like I'll be wanting to play chords where I go, woo, Corey, woo. Yeah. <laughs> like that's <laughs> nice. And like I keep playing if I don't get that feeling. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, maybe, you know, it's not there. And like yeah. you said, sometimes I can like record something and then like go back to it, you know. Yeah. I've done that on one of the recent records I put out. You know, mm. like I, I had a session last year and I was like, man, this is all right, whatever. And then I open it up, you know, and, you know, a year later, and I'm like, there's a song. Yeah, a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> like, yeah. this, I actually am impressed by, yeah. you know, what yeah, I do. Yeah, money so, in the bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I just, like you said, like, you, gotta, you have to spend time, yeah. do it every day. Just that diligence. Like, yeah, this yeah. is what I do. And yeah. I think, I feel like being a professional musician and all I've done my whole adult life, I mean, I've done other stuff, but part of, like, being a professional is doing it when you don't feel like it. Boom. Like, how about being on tour and you're like in Germany in the winter and you're like, I got a cold. I didn't sleep last night. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend left me. Mm -hmm. I'm sad. I'm tired. I am alone. Mm -hmm. I don't speak this language and I didn't even get any food today Mm because there was nowhere to fucking eat. Mm -hmm. And 
there's a club full of people that are ready for you to play. And then what you ate wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you got like some like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you in Germany and food ain't good. You're like, oh, <laughs> right, yeah. man, now I still got to play. And you got to play. Yeah. And that's still... what being a professional is me playing where you don't feel like it. Yeah, it's discipline. Discipline. You know, like whenever you show discipline to your craft, no matter what it is, and you do it in good, you know, uh, mm -hmm. intention every day, no matter how you feel. Yeah. You see results. Yeah. And normally the results you want to see. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It's, it's about self-discipline and, and, and in music. And how many musicians do you know that are great musicians, but when it got to be a bummer, they just were like, ugh, I can't deal with it. Or like, this is the hard part of being in a band sometimes. You're not getting along with someone or you disagree with them over mm -hmm. something that might hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like all of those things, but mm -hmm. you keep doing it keep because it. like, this is my job. Oh, how work. about doing it when you don't have no money? Yeah. Which I lived a long time doing, mm. you know, because like the, the misconception is that like, okay, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to put out a song and, you know, I'm going to go out with my band and I'm going to make money. Yeah. You know, and then you, you know, especially when you're starting out, it's like you're playing club gigs or, you you know, playing at places, you, you know, parties or whatever cases. And, you know, you show up. And then you get paid very little. You got to pay your band yeah. or pay, you know, whoever's working with yeah. you. You go home with about nothing, but everybody's looking at you like you're something. Yeah, you're a star. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh Lord. Like, I'm, I'm trying I to pay rent. You know, yeah. I've dealt with that yeah. on so many. Snarky Puppy. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about Snarky Puppy. I love Snarky Puppy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, we, when I first started playing with Snarky Puppy, it was like 17 people in a 15 passenger van. A lot, a lot of people splitting the check. <laughs> you know, you know, like three to four people in a in a hotel room. Right, people, damn. You know, sleeping yeah. on floors and yeah, just yeah. like, you know, but we used to play a show. As a matter of fact, I remember one time playing a show with that band and there was more people on the stage than there was in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh, but we here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we yeah. traveled from New York to Phoenix yeah. <laughs> to do but it. You, you know, doing it. but we kept doing it. Yeah. I kept doing it. I've been doing that since I was a little kid. I remember, you know, playing at the Apollo and or taking yeah. my organ to the different churches in the tri-state in New York and um, yeah. just grinding, you know, yeah. grinding for a White Castle burger or a chicken yeah, sandwich. Yeah. It, like that was literally what it was. Yeah. So like, you know, I tell any young musician that like you do it for the love. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, you don't really do it for the money. The money comes or the money can come. Hopefully the money comes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do it with the love, that's what's really driving the and entire that's what'll boat. Keep, and then eventually, you know, mm -hmm. it, it money will come. Yeah. But you got to like, if you start going just for the money, you're, it, it, unless you're, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure for some people it works. Some people but, it works. Some people it works. very rare. Very rare. Very rare. You know, in the NBA, I, I heard this the other day. They said it's like, it's only like 600 players. Right. In the entire NBA. Right. Which is crazy because there's millions of basketball players. And millions of professional good, good who could do it. Who could who could be there? Yeah, could do it. Yeah. Just didn't make it. Yeah. Or or made it and you know, and didn't sustain yeah. it or whatever the case is. So you really have to like own into the craft and like be the best yeah. that you can be at it, you know. And yeah. um But it's you know, playing is a blessing. You it's know? a blessing. It's, it's a, blessing. a blessing. And it's it's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. For me, basketball is very much like music. Absolutely, me too the way you work together when it's time to solo, when it's time to vamp, when yes. it's time to play the melody. Yes. You know, uh, time to just like be behind your, this person and really support them. Yeah. yeah. And I find that like as a musician that always in life, like it's all a metaphor. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. music is a metaphor for everything and sports and... Music and sports is 
boom, it's like head to head with me. Yeah, you know? <laughs> me too. Yeah, it's like it's like there's so many different scenarios. You know, like you said, we on stage, you got to support somebody. You know, it's yeah. not like you got to get rebounds. I call it support. It's like getting rebounds yeah, or like yeah. or playing defense. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Totally. Like, or like when I'm shooting, it's like I'm soloing. You know, yeah. like I'm like I get to take a lot of shots if I'm soloing yeah. or you know, or if I'm trying to create or something like that, trying to work on the draw the playbook. <laughs> yeah. You know, like what song to play. Yeah. Or, or what what lineup goes yeah. out there. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Or, even the instruments, you know, like yeah. I feel like the drums is the center, you know, like the bass is the power forward, yeah, you know, like absolutely. the keys is like the shooting guard and yeah. the winds is like, you know what I'm <laughs> so saying? It's true. like, like a certain, you know, de- depending on the band, you know, it's just everything yeah. about it. The music yeah, well, and basketball. musicians to basketball players. Oh yeah. Like I'm yeah. like, what basketball player would Sly have been? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a like tricky Julius one. Like Irvin. <laughs> maybe, maybe Dr. J. Dr. J or so, you know? Yeah, or, maybe Dr. I was thinking more like, like, uh, Vernon Maxwell. Do you remember Mad what? Max? What? <laughs> Mad Max from Houston? Just because Sly was kind of wild. Yeah, you know wild. I mean? Julie, like yeah, Dr. Yeah. J is more of like a very like intellectual. It's <laughs> like, style. I said Dr. J because Dr. J had style. Yeah, and a fro. And a fro. <laughs> <laughs> and a fro, so yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just riffing. No, I feel you. <laughs> say, but I do that it. sometimes too. But I, but I, because I always think about it in terms of like, I'll be watching basketball and the way that they communicate without talking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And same as like musicians who communicate without talking. You know, we like, oh, we going to the van? Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just like a little glance. Or oh, a little glance. A little glance. You know, like, well, like I'll, I'll watch like Lakers, like LeBron will just be like, with his eyebrow yeah, and yeah. like AD knows to cut to the hole. Yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. like, this yeah. is where we do that thing. You know? Or not even, like just thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like a real, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's Positions. a telepathic conversation, yeah. really. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and I know that like when, you know, when I'm really connecting with someone musically or someone I played with a lot and you know what I mean? We, you build up those channels of communication. So that's, you know, pretty yeah. similar. And I imagine that people do it in all forms of any communal endeavor. I feel like we've done pretty good. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Corey Henry. Thank you so much for listening to this little light a podcast about music education that exists to serve the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music, a nonprofit music school based in Los Angeles, California. This Little Light is a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Flea, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Parallel Partners, Ken Cow, Nicholas Gonda, and me, Jocelyn Florence. The show's lead producer is Julia Smith, with engineering by Kean Reardon and Ryan Martz. Our show's original theme music is composed by Flea himself. Special thanks to Chris LaSalle, Alex Barron, Ian Turner, and Jennifer Ray and her entire team at the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music. Listen and follow This Little Light, a presentation of Cadence 13, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.